Are you ready for the word today? I want to read something to you out of the book of Romans just for a moment here. But it's in Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. And this is the apostle Paul. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. That is my desire today that I will, through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, impart something into you today that will help you to be established in faith, in healing, in wholeness. That is my desire, that I would impart something that will help change and transform your life. Amen. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I know the answer will be yes, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you these couple questions. Uh, have you ever lost, maybe um, you lost a watch? Anybody ever lose a watch? Anybody ever lose their wallet? How about your car keys? Anybody lose car keys? Yes. So you cannot lose something unless you first possessed it, right? You couldn't lose a wallet if you didn't have a wallet. You can't lose a watch unless you had a watch. Now, I'll tell you something I've never lost. I've never lost a Rolex watch. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I never possessed a Rolex watch. But you can only lose something that you first possess with one exception. You can lose a miracle before you possess it. And that is my message today. Do not lose your miracle. Everything you'll ever need in life has already been bought and purchased. Before the foundation of the earth, it was already provided for you. I want you to turn to John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. One translation says, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. But I want to focus on the word helper. You know, he's not the doer. We are the doer. But he is the helper. Yes. So the Lord said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper. You know, when I've lost something, you've probably done the same thing. Holy Spirit, help me to find where I just put that item two seconds ago, you know. But he also wants to help you to receive a miracle, to receive healing. But we need to be involved in the healing process. I want you to turn to John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. It says, however, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Now, that's the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. And, you know, you can trust the Holy Spirit. One reason, because he is the spirit of truth. He only knows truth. He only interacts with truth. He is the spirit of truth. Amen. And you can also trust the Holy Spirit because he is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we just say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I think we've, we're missing the point. He is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. And you know, because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, we have the ability to live a clean life. Yes. Not perfect, but clean and yes. pure. So because the Holy Spirit lives within us, we have to live from the inside out. And we hear from within, not from without. And then it goes on to say, he will guide you into how much truth? All the truth in every area of your life, he will guide you into the truth of that area. And he will not speak on his own authority. He's not going to just make something up and say to you. No, he doesn't speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, and who is he hearing from? God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They work together. So God the Holy Spirit speaks to you what he hears from God the Father. He will speak and he will tell you 
things to come. Now that is just really awesome. That the one third of the Holy Trinity actually lives on the inside of us. That God has imparted one third of himself to live inside of us. God the Father and God the Son live in heaven. Is Jesus not seated at the right hand of the Father? Didn't he ascend into heaven? They're in heaven. Two-thirds of the Holy Trinity is in heaven. The other third of the Holy Trinity lives on the inside of you and me. To me, that's beyond awesome. One-third of the Godhead. Wow. I mean, right there, we could just, well, I'm ready to go to heaven right now. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. So now I want you to look at, um, well, in John 16, 30, he's, he's going to guide us. But, you know, any time... The Lord is guiding you or asking you to do something and uh, you decide you don't want to do that or you say no. The minute you disobey or the minute you say no, Lord, you just took the guide. You took the guide's place. You're saying, I can do it my way. Now, the Holy Spirit will never leave you. He's right there with you. But when everything fails... And you begin to pick up the pieces. He's right there to help you. But every time you say no or you disobey, you just took the guide. I don't think we realize that we just took it out of his hands and we're going to do it our way. So we need to learn to follow the guide and be actively involved with the healing process with the helper who's going to help us to receive our healing. Many times I've had people say to me, Marilyn, I believe, I mean, Marilyn, I really, 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 100%, I believe in healing. And I know God's going to heal me. But when they say God is going to heal me, they have put that in future. So they tell me, well, no, I, I know he's going to heal me. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. They're waiting. Now, I'm sure every one of you here today, you've probably been in a dentist's office or doctor's office, and you go up to the front desk and you sign in, and the receptionist says, thank you very much. Now, if you'll please have a seat in the waiting room. The what room? Waiting room. What is the purpose of a waiting room? Wait. And that's all you're going to do in a waiting room. And you might wait 15, 20, 30 minutes. But in that waiting room, there will be no results as far as your treatment. Nothing is going to happen to you in that waiting room. Whether it's 15 minutes or 45 minutes, nothing happens in a waiting room except wait. So it is spiritually. If you are waiting for God to heal you, you're going to wait 15, 20, 30 years until you get a revelation. He's already done it. So you need to get out of the waiting room. Faith is never in a waiting room. Never, never, never in a waiting room. The just shall live by faith, walk by faith. That, that revol- in, includes movement. Faith is always moving. It's always active. It is never sitting in a waiting room. Faith is never, never stagnant. Faith is the natural, working with the supernatural, the healer, working with the guide. Sometimes you might want to scratch your head and think, what is the delay? Why is it taking so long for me to be healed? Let me read to you, or you can turn there. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Because nothing is a mystery to the healer. Nothing is a mystery to your helper. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. See, the reason there's mysteries is because God didn't want the devil to know everything. But the mystery 
He wants to reveal it to you because it's part of your covenant. It belongs to you. So he is the revealer of mysteries to his children. He is the revealer. So if it's a mystery to you, it's not a mystery to him. So when you speak to in tongues, you need to get a revelation. You are literally talking to God. I don't think we realize. I am talking to the king of the universe. The one that paints the sunset and puts the stars in place day after day after day. The one that puts the beauty in the wing of a butterfly. The aroma of a rose. That sparkle in that snowflake. When you look at that fresh, it just sparkles. It it just glistens. Who puts that there? The king of the universe, the one that you directly talk to. (laughs) It's awesome. So when you pray in tongues, you need to be focused. Have you ever talked to somebody, you're having a conversation and you look at them and you think, they're not listening to me. Right. Eyeball to eyeball and they're not listening to what they have clocked out. <laughs> right. Don't clock out when you are talking to God. Yes. It's just like this big circle. The Holy Spirit's in here and God's in heaven. And when you speak to the Lord, whether it's in English or in tongues, but the Holy Spirit, he takes your prayer up to the throne room. And the, Lord, the Bible says he always hears our prayers. He always hears the prayers of the righteous. So God is going to answer your prayer via the Holy Spirit because I said the Holy Spirit's only, he's listening to the answer. And then he only speaks to you what he heard the Father tell him to say. So you want to listen because even when you're praying in tongues, sometimes all of a sudden you might just get one word. One word from heaven can change everything. I mean, I've I've received one word. I thought, what? I just needed one word. One word. You can be struggling with something forever and everything. One word. I got it. <laughs> it's just so awesome. You know what? The word is so alive. That's why you want to read the word all the time. Because you can read something over and over and over, but one day you've got to need you open the same scripture and the word just jumps off the page. Because there's life. It's the only book that's been anointed and breathed with the breath of God. Only one. It's alive. So you want to stay focused when you're praying in tongues. Uh, don't, be, uh, don't be trying to do a text message as you're praying in tongues. Don't be looking at thinking about your grocery list or your vacation or your promotion. Focus on the king of the universe. He's got the answer. Amen. You know, I had to learn when I was back at Rama. Yeah, it was fun that uh, Randy Greer and I went to school together. But um, when I was back at Rama. Uh, my first year, I went to, after, after classes were over, I went to prayer and healing school every single day. I wasn't about to miss anything. And we had Brother Hagin in our class every day, so who wants to miss that, you know? And so sometimes he would teach in healing school, but, but I always went to prayer school and healing school. But when I went to prayer school, I really struggled because they're all in there praying and they're doing warfare and praising and well, within 10 minutes, I'm, I'm trying to stay awake. Mm-hmm. I thought, how, did, how do they pray for an hour? You know, I'm not the only one, really, am I? I mean, yeah, you know. And I thought, okay, now this is embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I have, oh, wake up now, wake up. You're, it's Rama, it's right, Rama here, Rama. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I need to practice at home. So I'm going to do, I am going to conquer this. I'm not going to fall asleep in prayer school. So, um, and it was September, first of the year. But it's probably October at this particular time. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to set the alarm. Five o'clock. I'm going to get up at five o'clock. I'm going to pray till six o'clock. So I set the alarm. The alarm went off and I woke up. I thought, ooh, it's cold in the house this morning. <laughs> well, I know I can pray under the blankets. It's no, no big deal here. <laughs> well, you know what happened. <laughs> I woke up another 10 minutes later. I thought, well, now that's not working. This is my first day of practice, and it's already not working. So what I did was I thought, okay, I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. So I looked at my spirit. Okay, my spirit is, that's the real me. I'm the boss here. So I looked at my soul, 
and my body as my children. I thought, okay, I'm the parent, I have two children. And I said to my body, it was bad behavior this morning that you fell asleep. <laughs> bad behavior. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get out of bed. So I made my, my body child get out of bed. And I said, you sit over there in that chair, and I'm going to give you a blanket, but that's all you're going to get. <laughs> so my body went over and sat on the chair. So the three of us, spirit, soul, and body, we're all praying. When about two minutes went by, my other child, my mind, I wonder what I should have for breakfast today. I had to speak to my, I said, you be quiet. Be quiet. We're praying now. Forget about breakfast. I had to discipline my mind. So, okay, now we're all, and the body stayed in the chair. It was very good behavior. Just, I just need, very good. Had the blanket. So we're, we're praying. Now we're praying. Another minute goes by. That other child again wandered off into the closet. Wonder what I should wear to Rayma today. I had, seriously, I had to dis, I said, be quiet. You're going to have to be quiet. I thought, okay, I know what I need. We need a target. We need a target. I had to give my, my mind a target. Okay, now we're going to focus on Brother Hagen. We're going to pray. We're praying here. We're going to pray for Brother Hagen, the anointing upon Brother Hagen, the anointing upon the teachers today. So that's going to be our prayer target. So now my mind is focusing on Brother Hagen, my body sitting in the chair. And within, within I'm at, I think, maybe four days, all of a sudden, one hour went by, spirit, soul, and body. We all were praying. But I had to discipline my mind. That child, that, that can be the worst I'm telling you, you know, your work, the mind can be the worst enemy. So when you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you're talking to God, make sure you discipline your mind and listen to what you're talking to God about. And then listen, you might get the answer then, but if you've learned to discipline your mind and you just, you know, worship is, is just a continual awareness of God, just a continual awareness of God. So you can be driving down the car or even walking through the mall doing Christmas shopping and you can hear a word from God because you're just constantly aware that it's called intimacy. Yeah. It's having an intimate relationship with the author and the finisher of your faith. Yeah. It's just, it's, that's the whole answer to everything is intimacy with God. Yes. Intimacy with God. So you need to learn to be focused. You need to discipline your mind. Because you can never, don't ever bypass the Holy Spirit. You can't bypass the Holy Spirit. You need to pay attention. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I want to read it out of the Amplified what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has, not going to, but has prepared, he's made it, he keeps it, it's, keep, it's ready. Whatever you need, it's all ready, it's ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence. Now let's stop right there for a moment. Reverence matters yeah. to God. It matters to God. Give God your best. In your clothes, in the words that you use, the slang that you stop using, it matters to God. I can remember when I was in Sunday school. I've been in church all my life since I was 23 days old. <laughs> but I can remember in Sunday school, one day the Sunday school superintendent was about to take up our offering. He says, boys and girls, now remember, give God your best. I thought, give God my best? I never heard that before. And I opened up my hand and I looked at my, my nickel. I usually had a nickel. I said, well, God, this nickel is not my best. Now, we weren't a wealthy family by any means, I said, but that's not my best. I said, God, my best is my favorite doll. She's upstairs in my bedroom. I did not know that you wanted my doll. I said, God, I'm giving you my doll today. Now, I have a beautiful story of what happened. And that's not my message today, but I'm writing a book, and that's one of my chapters in the book. But um, I gave God my doll that day. But he wants your best. Whatever it is, he wants your best. 
And then it says promptly obey. See, delayed obedience or, or procrastination. Procrastination is delayed obedience, and delayed obedience is disobedience. You need to be quick to obey, quick to forgive, quick to repent, and slow to speak. Amen. So he, it matters that you promptly obey, because if you don't obey, you could miss a divine connection. You could miss that poor homeless man that came to church that Sunday just, just five weeks ago and dropped to his knees. He was so overwhelmed with the love and power of God. You know, it, it matters that we obey God promptly. And, then and gratefully recognizing the benefits. Don't forget the benefits. Remember the benefits and recognize them and be grateful for the benefits. Amen. And then it goes on to say, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them. Them what? The mysteries. He's revealed the mysteries by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently and exploring and examining everything, even the, the profound uh, and bottomless things of God. He is the divine counselor. You ever need help? Go to the divine counselor for wisdom and just get into that quiet place, the secret place of the most high God. He who dwells in the secret place. You know what happens in the secret place? Mysteries are revealed in the secret place. How awesome is that? How awesome is that to be in that secret place? So sometimes we just need to, to spend more time more quality time with the revealer of secrets. Again, to know the thoughts of God, the plan of God. You cannot bypass your helper. You've got to work with your helper. I live, as I said, I live in San Diego. Have you ever been to San Diego? Downtown San Diego, beautiful city. It's beautiful. The airport is right there, one block away from the the ocean, and usually if I go to pick up people, I do not go into the cell parking lot. I'm a block from the ocean. I am at the ocean on Harbor Drive overlooking the skyline. You, they'll, they'll text me, you're here, I'll be right over. <laughs> but I'm at the ocean right now. It's so beautiful. So when you come to San Diego, and this is part of my sermon, uh, you can take a cruise. And on this little brochure, you can take an hour cruise, lovely little hour cruise, or you can take a two-hour cruise. Now, how many would agree with me that if you take a two-hour cruise, you're going to see more than on a one-hour cruise? Yes. Obviously. Or you could go up to San Francisco. Now, San Francisco, you can have a half-a-day tour. You can go to Alcatraz. Uh, you can go to Fisherman's Wharf. You can go to Chinatown. But it takes a whole half-a-day to go on a tour of China or in, in San Francisco. But again, the longer the tour, the more you see. Well, we can learn to go on a tour with the Holy Ghost. The more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the more he can show you. I have some friends that live at the Sea of Galilee, and they came over to visit me. And they were there a couple of days. And then on Friday morning, they said, Marilyn, you know, we've never seen San Diego. Can we go see San Diego? I thought, oh, Friday morning, the worst traffic day. <laughs> but they're my friends. Nothing's too good. So we're going to drive through the traffic to get to downtown San Diego. And of course, I'm going to take them to Harbor Drive. First place you got to go to Harbor Drive because it is so beautiful. I mean, you see the entire skyline of San Diego. You see the beautiful Coronado Bridge. You see the big ocean liners coming in from the naval base. It's just beautiful. So we get down to Harbor Drive. We get out of the car. They're taking a few pictures. And we're there maybe 10 minutes. I said, okay, let's get in the car now. I want to take you to the, the big ship, the Midway, which was a part of Pearl Harbor. It's parked right down there. We're going to go there, and then we'll go to Coronado Island. And they said, no, no, we're done. I said, excuse me? <laughs> we're, we're done. I said, done what? Well, we're done. We're, we, we're ready to go back to your house. I said, I thought you wanted to see San Diego. Well, they said, well, isn't that San Diego? I said, yes. That is San Diego over there. They were content 
to see San Diego from afar. Are you content to know the Holy Spirit from afar? Or are you willing to go on a tour with the Holy Spirit that can reveal and unfold the mystery? Because it's not a mystery to him, and he does not want your healing, your miracle, to be a mystery to you. He needs you healed for it's, it's, he gets the glory. He says, glorify me in your body and in your spirit. He said, because it's mine. I bought it. It belongs to me. So you glorify me in your body and your spirit. So it matters to the Lord that you are healed. He's not trying to hold this from you. He's doing everything he possibly can. He even put one-third of himself inside of you to hear the answer to your healing. But you have to be involved in the healing process. You are the doer. The Holy Spirit is the helper to help you to do. So when I was here last time, I shared my healing testimony of when I was miraculously healed of cancer. How many were here when I shared that? I've had three miraculous healings. I just finished my last book. It's now being a typesetter now. uh, I'm sharing my my new book. It's called My Three Miracles on everything that took place during my three miracles. So I'll have to let you know when that comes out. But um, I want to share another miracle with you. And I think this miracle will really uh, be an encouragement to you, a help to you, and that you will probably be able to maybe somehow relate to what I'm sharing and maybe something that you're going through. So this took place nine years after I was miraculously healed of cancer. And I, um, I always go for a yearly wellness check. How many get wellness checks? I'm, I'm well, so I'm going for my wellness check. And I went in that day for my wellness check. And the doctors examined me. And she said, how you feel, Marilyn? I said, feel great, just great. Now, you know, sometimes you can feel great and there's something going on you didn't know about it. And uh, she said, well, today I detected a, a tumor. And it appears to be a very fast-growing type tumor, and it also appears to be possibly malignant. Now, I was not expecting that kind of a report. I'm expecting another good report, and then I was scheduled to meet my girlfriend, and we were going to go have lunch together and go to the mall. So the doctor is um, starting to talk to me, and she said, now, uh, we need to dissolve this tumor in six weeks. If we can't dissolve it in six weeks, we need to do a surgery because I do not want this. It appears to be fast-growing. We don't want to wait, but I'll, I'll, we'll try six weeks to dissolve it. She said, do you have any questions? I said, none. I have no questions. Why did I not have any questions? Because... All she can do is give me facts. I don't need to know. That was all the facts I needed to know. It says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. What do you need to guard your heart against? Facts. Because facts breed fear, and fear is the enemy of your faith. So I tell people, don't go to Mr. Google. He's not your friend. Don't, don't try to research a negative report from Mr. Yeah. Google. Who gave him the information? He didn't get it from the throne room. Yeah. Don't go to Mr. Google. That's good. Don't go to the library. You go to the helper, the miracle worker. So I said, no, I have no questions. I'll just schedule my next appointment. She's okay. And so I left her office, uh, walked across the parking lot, got into my car, and then I had a conversation with myself. I hope you sometimes talk to yourself because I do that. (laughs) So I had a conversation with myself, and the first thing I said was, don't panic. Very easy when you get a negative report to panic. I said, don't panic, Marilyn. Don't panic. And then I sat there, and I took about... I don't know, three, four, five, real deep breaths. It helps you sometimes just in the natural, just get, (sighs) (sighs) just taking some oxygen, seriously, I'm serious. In the natural, just, okay now, (sighs) let's just, don't panic. Just calm down, just be still 
and know that God is God. Very important to do those first two steps. And then I sat there a little bit longer, and I began to think about Joshua and Caleb and how they were the only two spies that entered the promised land because they were the only two that refused a negative report. So I said to myself, Marilyn, that's a negative report today. And I answered, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. That's a negative report. And then I said out loud, I said, I give no place to this negative report. And then I said, I give no place to a malignant tumor. And I continued, I also give no place to a benign tumor. I give no place to any tumor. Therefore, there will be no need for surgery. Now, let me explain something very carefully. It is never a lack of faith to go to the doctor, not a lack of faith to take medicine, it's not a lack of faith to have surgery. For me, at that stage in my life, been there, done that. I didn't want that. I thought, no, been there, done that, I'm going on. Again, Please understand, no condemnation. Do you understand right. this? Yes. Very important you understand that it's not a lack of faith. That's just, I, like I said, been there, done that. Don't want that. Don't want that. I said, so there will be no need for an operation. So what am I expecting? I'm expecting a miracle. So then I asked the Lord, after I'm done talking to myself, <laughs> got myself calmed down, I now talk to the Lord. And this is what I said, and it's a very critical question. I said, Lord... I want another miracle, and I'm asking you to show me what is my part to receive another miracle. Because he's already done all he's going to do. The rest is now for me to work with my helper. I, so I said, what is my part? We all have a part. How many of you know that you had a part to play in getting saved? Mm -hmm. It didn't happen automatic. Well, you had a part to get saved. I have, you have a part to receive healing. Don't just, I had one lady, she sat in my conference all week long, and she says, well, I don't want to do all that. I just want poof. I said, honey, poof is not going to happen for you. I told her, I said, I'm sorry. You're not going to get a poof. I'm not here to give you any poofs. And then the Holy Spirit's not going to give you any poofs. So I just want poof. I said, well, you're not going to get a poof. You're going to have to be a doer of the word. And she said, I don't want to do that. I said, well, fine. You don't have to. No one's going to make you. That's your prerogative. But you have to have do your part. So I asked my guide, the Holy Spirit, to guide me into healing. Now, is this helping you today? Yes. Okay, because I want you to really receive. This is, I desire to impart something into you today. Amen. So, the second thing I did, I changed my priorities. I want to, see, I'm telling you, there is a price to pay for a supernatural miracle. You understand what I'm saying? I'm asking, supernatural, I'm asking for this miracle, this tumor to disappear. That's what I'm asking for. Supernatural. Yeah. Yes. So there's a price to pay for that. Yeah. Going to the mall or going golfing is not exactly should be the priority. Right. That's right. That's right. So I changed my priorities because if you don't change your priorities, it could be that someday maybe your friends will have to change their priority, change their plans on going to work that day so they can come to your funeral. That's the truth. Because uh, they'd have to take off work probably to go to your funeral. Right. Probably not going to happen on Sunday morning. It's probably going to happen on Friday or Thursday or Wednesday. Right. They're going to have to change their priority, get off work, because you didn't do your part to receive wow. a healing. Come on, come on now. Yes, sir. Am I being too rough? <laughs> but you've got to change your priority. So did I go to lunch? No, I didn't go to lunch. I went home to take my medicine and one thing about God's medicine it has no negative side effects you can't overdose and you believe me if you want a miracle you can take it every hour 
on the hour. Right. Not once a day. Maybe you forgot that night. Well, you'll catch up. The, no, 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 no. I'm talking about miracle, miracle. Uh, and you take it every hour on the hour and in between. You keep this in your pocket, that little green uh, packet with healing scripture, keep it in your pocket. Miracle. Those are things that you're going to have to do. Things that you're going to have to do. So I went home and I changed my priorities. And it says in Proverbs 4.22, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the middle of your heart. You might have these words memorized, but he doesn't say, just memorize it and just think about it. He said, keep it before your eyes because it's alive. These words can jump off the page at you. So don't take for granted that you have been given this. I remember when I smuggled Bibles into China. And they tear out a page. We're going to pass out the Bible to this person. This person can get this page. And then when you're done with your page, you just trade. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, I have a whole Bible. Don't take that for granted. So you need to double up, triple up, quadruple up, whatever it takes to get a miracle. Whatever it takes. I'm talking miracle. I'm talking miracle. No, Lillian B. Yeomans once said, it seems as though God has tied himself irrevocably to human cooperation in the execution of God's divine plan and purpose for your life. So you need to feed on truth. Speak truth. Magnify truth so you can receive truth. Because if you don't know the truth, it would be very difficult for the truth to, to heal you. If you don't know the truth, it's hard to receive truth. And it says you have to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It will heal you. Don't feed on the facts. Discipline your mind. Focus on the healer. Focus on those healing scriptures. And then in Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love, that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the width, height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. See, the more you comprehend his love for you, the easier it is to walk by faith. When you know that you know that you know that he loves you, walking by faith comes so much easier. And you have to walk it. You have to live it. You have to breathe it. You have to speak it. It has to be you. You are faith. You are faith, if I can just say it like that. And the degree of your faith is determined by the degree you comprehend his love for you. It's very important that you know that you are loved, that you are the apple of his eye. The third thing I did was I decided I'm going to fast. Now, sometimes you can't fast food, but I was able to fast. I fasted one meal a day. And when you fast, it causes the ear of your spirit to be more in tune with the voice of your father. I asked a critical question. What is my part to receive a miracle? I want to make sure I hear the answer. So I'm going to put my flesh under. I'm going to discipline my mind. And I'm going to cause my spirit to be more in tune to the voice of the Father. Because he's going to tell me what I'm supposed to do. He's going to tell. I'm expecting to hear because I asked. And I'm doing everything I know uh, that I, I need to do. Many people say, Meryl, sounds like a, a lot of work to me. Sounds like it's a big inconvenience. You know what I think is an inconvenience? Chemotherapy. Yeah. Kidney dialysis. If I think this is an inconvenience, I don't deserve to be healed. Shame on me. If this is an inconvenience, shame on me. And I re- I'm really wanting to impart healing to you today. So I hope I'm not being too tough on you. Sometime I can come back and maybe do a whole healing seminar sometime. I'd love to do that. But um, wimpy people don't win. Wimpy people don't win. You've got to have that bulldog tenacity. So uh, the next thing I did was uh, I applied the word of God. It says in James 5, 14, uh, is anyone, anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with oil. I thought, Okay. Now, let me just say something. At, at my stage of life, when this happened to me, I, this is before I went to Rhema, um, I didn't know one person that I really believed that could come into agreement with me for a miracle, mm-hmm. that could agree with me, Marilyn, that tumor not going to disappear. I needed somebody that could, could believe with me that this is going to disappear. Yep. 
So I had no one except the Holy Ghost. But he said, go to the pastor, or go to the church. I said, oh, okay, I'm going to go tell my pastor. So I went to him, told him what the report was, and I said, I want to ask you to pray for me and anoint me with oil. And this was a spirit-filled Presbyterian church that I went to. It was very, I love the church. And because it was a Holy Ghost Presbyterian church. And um, so he prayed with me and anointed me with oil. And so I'm doing everything that I know, and I'm going on a long tour, constantly on tour with the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm on tour with the Holy Ghost. So now I'm doing everything that I know I'm supposed to be doing. In, but I'm believing for the supernatural, even though I'm under doctor's care the whole time, okay? If you're going to go to a doctor, do what the doctor tells you to do. If you're going to go to the lawyer, do what the lawyer tells you to do. Amen? Yeah. So I chose to go to the doctor. I'm doing everything I know to do in the natural, but I've got my faith for the supernatural to kick in, okay? So now my six weeks are almost up. And I hadn't heard one thing from the Holy Spirit. Now, Brother Hagen always said, you can go as much by what you don't hear as by what you do hear. Yes, yes. In other words, if, you're, if you have children and they're playing outside in the front yard and they're having very good behavior, every five minutes you don't say, that's good, Johnny. That's good, Susie. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so good. That's good. No, you don't say that. No. But if, they, if the ball runs out into the street and they go to chase the ball, they're running out into the street, stop! Why? Because they're going the wrong direction. If you're going the right direction, you may not hear anything. But if you're going the wrong direction, beep, 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 you'll hear. You'll know. If you're at all sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you'll beep, beep, wrong way. Don't say that. Don't go there. Don't do that. You'll hear it. So I hadn't heard anything. So, oh, that tells me I'm on the right track. And I started getting excited about my last appointment because I thought, and my last appointment was on Monday. I thought, I am going to get my miracle report on Monday. And I'm all pumped up, and I've got my whole conversation pre-planned. When she tells me I've had a miracle, I'm going to say, this is what God has done for me. You need to come to my church. You know how we are? We are, we are ready. This is, the moment is hot. I'm going to tell her this is what God did for me. And I am so, I am so excited. I couldn't wait, couldn't wait to get to the doctor's office. Can you believe I was so excited? So I walked in. I said, I'm ready for my checkup, you know. And so she examines me and, and she says, uh, after the examination, she says, well, Marilyn, I'm so sorry to tell you, but that tumor is still growing. And today, it is now the size of a small grapefruit, so we can't wait any longer. I'm not going to wait any longer. We need to schedule the surgery. Well, when she said that, it was like she knocked the wind out of my sails, pulled the rug out from underneath my feet. And immediately, I just kind of clocked out, and I'm in the spirit realm, and I thought, no, that's not right. Now, she's not cooperating with me. She was supposed to tell me I had a miracle, and I'm supposed to tell her this is what God... She is not cooperating with me. This is not... You know how you pre-plan a conversation, and it, it's not going my way. This, she, this, she's not... That's this not right. It's not right. And I just, I just thought to myself... And then I heard the devil laughing at me. And he said, you got that one miracle one time, but don't think you're going to get another. Now, isn't that just like the devil? Yeah. And then I heard her say, she was, she was saying, I, could, I wasn't really focusing on her, but I heard her say something about they expected some problems, and some, Dr. So-and-so was going to be in the room expecting in case I hemorrhaged, or, and she's going on, I wasn't in. And I thought, no, 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 no. And I felt like I was facing a spiritual junction in the road. I can either turn to the left and think, okay, I'm not going to get a miracle, turn to the right eye. I could believe for a successful surgery. I could believe for a, a quick recovery. I could do that. Nothing wrong with that. But I didn't want to do that. I thought, no, it is written. I am healed, and I'm not, I'm, my eyes are on the cross, and I'm not going to budge. It is written, I am am healed. And I'm just focusing on the Lord. I thought, he that dwells in the secret place will remain stable. Yes. I thought, okay, I'm staying sta stable. You remember, remember when um, 
uh, Jairus was waiting for Jesus to come to the house. And in the meantime, he is told that his daughter died. And Jesus turned around and he said, Jairus, fear not, only believe. Only believe what? He wanted Jairus to only believe what he already said, she will live and not die. Don't change your testimony. I don't care what happens to you. Even if it doesn't look like it's going your way, don't change your testimony. Just because the symptoms got worse, the report got worse, don't change your testimony. I thought, okay, no, I'm not going to turn to the left. I'm not going to turn to the right. I'm not going to change my testimony. I'm not going to bite the bait. I'm not going to bite the bait. And the doctor said, Marilyn, are you listening to me? I thought, I, which I really wasn't. I said, uh, oh, uh, I heard something. Well, you want to go to the hospital? Yes, you need to go to the hospital tomorrow, Tuesday. And we're going to run a lot of tests. We have to do, put a camera in and do all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, but at 5 o'clock, or you can go home when the tests are over. At 5 o'clock, I'll call you and tell you what time surgery is scheduled for Wednesday. I simply said, I'll take the appointment. I'll keep my appointment. But I'm believing for the supernatural. I'm doing what I have to do in the natural, but I'm believing for the supernatural. So I went home and double up, triple up, quadruple up on my medicine, doing everything that I'd been doing. And then Tuesday morning, I got got up. And first thing Tuesday morning, I'm taking my medicine. And Tuesday morning, my helper spoke to me. My helper said... Go to church today and have the laying on of hands and the anointing of oil. Now, remember I said I had just done that? Excuse me, but I was so proud of myself. I thought, I'm ahead of God. I said, God, I already did that. I was like, oh, can you believe it? I already did it. And I said to God, I said, God, I already did that as if he didn't know. (laughs) And he spoke a second time very firmly. He said, I said, go to church today. And I thought, oh, this is God talking to me. And immediately, I thought about Naaman. How many times did he have to dip in the River Jordan? I thought, okay, God wants me to be anointed twice. I thought, whatever it takes, dip, baby, dip. (laughs) Whatever, whatever it takes, I'm dipping, I'm I'm dipping, Lord, I'm dipping. But see, your mind could make you think logic. I could have thought, okay, what was wrong with the pastor when he prayed for me? Something must have been wrong with the pastor because he missed it. Or, you know what, I bet it was was the oil, probably rancid. We need to get fresh oil. We need fresh oil at that church. So I said, yes. I said, yes, Lord, I'm on my way. So I'm driving to church. And I'm kind of chuckling because the Lord has a sense of humor because I said, Lord, now you know. We both know the church is closed on Tuesday, but you want me to go, I'll go. And so I pulled up in the parking lot, and the pastor pulls up. He said, Marilyn, did you forget church is closed today? I said, no, pastor, I remembered. He said, um, I said, but the Lord told me to come. And he said, well, come on in. He said, well, we'll pray again and anoint you with oil. But then he said, before I pray, what exactly do you want me to agree with you on? I said, Pastor, I want you to agree with me that today, when those tests are taken, the results will show there's absolutely nothing there. And he said to me, perfect what he said, he said, if that's where your faith is, I'll hook mine up with yours. I'll hook mine up with yours. And so he prayed and anointed me, and I went to the hospital. I had all those tests taken, came home. At 5 o'clock promptly, the doctor called. She said, Marilyn, I need you to come into the office. I said, well, I'll, I'll come, but it's 5 o'clock traffic. Do you, can you just tell me over the phone? She said, well, today the results showed, and she quoted my word. She said, there's absolutely nothing there. And she, and she said, before I do an examination or an operation, I, I need to do another examination. Can you please come? I said, I'm on my way. Yeah. And she examined me and examined me. And she was a Jewish doctor. And she said, you know, some of my colleagues have shared about miracle patients. She said, Marilyn, you're my first miracle patient. She she was almost, almost as excited as I was. I mean, I was just jumping up. And I thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But what I want to share something very, very critical with you. 
I expected my miracle on Monday. It came on Tuesday. I could have lost my miracle when it was only one more day away. See, don't give up just because it didn't happen when you thought it should have happened or in your way. Don't put God in a box. If he says dip, then you dip, baby, dip. Whatever it takes. But you see what I'm saying? I could have lost don't lose your miracle. Now, I want to give you one quick example. Did this help you today? Okay. We all live by calendar. You know, it says in Ecclesiastes that, uh, you know, time was made for man. Yeah. So time to be born, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. Time, time, time. Man, can you all see this? It's a calendar. Time was made for man. We circle dates on the calendar. You circle the date when you've got a birthday party, a Christmas party, uh, a hair appointment. You, we, we live according to these calendars. Yeah. Right. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I have up here a circle. This represents the realm of faith. We're to live by faith. We walk by faith. There is no time. There's no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday up here. This is the realm of the supernatural. This is the realm of miracles. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith. Yes, we have to use the calendar for the natural man. But again, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're of here. This is where we have to live. This is where you have to breathe. This is what you feed on. Yes. This is the realm of the supernatural. Now, when I was believing for my miracle, I started up here. But I don't know what happened. But at one point, I slipped down here. And I got excited. I had Monday circled on my calendar. I thought, man, Monday, that is my miracle day. Well, there's no Monday up here. Monday's down here. So I had gotten down here. And when she said that tumor is still growing, when I, when I was in that spirit room, I thought, uh-oh, I have to make an adjustment. Because I knew right then, right now, I'm either going to win or lose the battle. Right now, I have one second to make a decision. Am I going to win or lose? I thought, no, I'm not taking my eyes off the cross. It is written, and I'm standing, I am stable because I dwell in the secret place. I'm unmovable. I'm unmovable. I'm staying right there, right there. I have one second. I can win or lose right there. And I made an instant decision. I got right back up here. I got out of here, I got off the calendar, and I went back into the realm of, the, of faith. Amen. And my miracle came on Tuesday. Amen. But I could have lost it when it was just one more day away. It pays to go on tour with your helper. Go on tour. Don't take for granted, because I'm telling you, there is a price to pay. And I just pray to impart that into you today, that there's a price to pay, and you are born of God to be a winner. Don't be saved, filled, and, and defeated. When you can be saved, filled, triumphant, healed, whole, and let your light shine. This is what my God has done for me. Amen.